Welcome to the In The Clouds podcast. In The Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing-focused Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed, and podcast hosts Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-on-one connections with their customers. In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today. Welcome to the In The Cloud Podcast! Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I had to to wake up a little bit. I was like, is that real? (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's real for sure. <laughs> Welcome to the In the Clouds podcast. You've already heard our illustrious guest for today, Brett Phillips, but we'll give him a more formal introduction here in just a minute. So, uh, Cole, thanks for joining. We're continuing our innovation series uh, with one of uh, Lev's lead solution architects, Brett Phillips, today. Yeah, and uh, we spoke with Brett before, and uh, he's a wealth of knowledge on some pretty cool stuff and actually runs... Um, uh, a, a little bit of a segment here at Lev called, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brett, but isn't it uh, called, um, is it possible in marketing cloud? Is that the name of it? Or can it Oh, be- yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, is Brett is a, a wealth of knowledge on like what can and can't be done. And, and Brett, uh, I, I like the kind of the angle you take on a lot of these issues is the answer is usually yes, but like, how does it need to be yes? So like, and I always kind of say the same sort of thing, like, your answer is probably yes at some point. It's just, does it make sense to be yes? So there's a lot of things we can do. It's just, does it make sense? So today we'll go through a couple of, uh, uh, of some cool innovations that you've been a part of uh, lately in Marketing Cloud. Perfect. Sounds awesome. And if you wouldn't mind, Brett, just doing a brief introduction of yourself, um, obviously professionally, but personally as well, and then we'll dive right into it. Yeah. Um, Brett Billups. Um, I am a actually a senior manager over our solution architects here at Lev. Um, I have a wife and two kids, and I've been around at Lev for about uh, going on four years now. And it's been the four best years of your life, right? Four best years of my life, man. But hey, it's, it, this is a solid place. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it's a solid place and not the opposite. Be like, this place is the worst. <laughs> it was good, but the last three years when Cole showed up have just been atrocious. Oh, that's when it got real sketchy indeed. <laughs> yeah. Things really tanked at that point. Wait, who's Cole? <laughs> so, Brett, um, I, I want to kind of dive into some of the cool things and, and we'll outline a few uh, here that you've been working on lately. But I, so I actually don't know uh, firsthand. Uh, about the solution, but I've heard rumblings about like uh, a couponing for like web and in-store capability that we've been working on. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, for sure. So uh, very recently had a client that actually wanted us to replicate um, the functionality of a, of a couponing tool they were using. So we, we needed to replicate that functionality within Marketing Cloud, right? Um, so there are some things you can do within marketing cloud that are pretty straightforward um, when it comes to like assigning coupons and things of that nature. Uh, but this solution required a little bit more than that, right? So um, just to kind of talk about the solution and why we needed to come up with it or what the requirements were around it um, is that in this particular case, we needed to solve for several 
different opportunities, several different issues, right? We needed to have a coupon that they could display that could be that somebody could pull up on their phone, scan in store, or print out and have scanned in store. Um, we actually needed a version of the coupon that could be printed at the POS system or even accessed at the POS system in case the customer is having issues. Whoever was at the POS system just could easily bring the coupon up on the screen and scan it um, to kind of, you know, for a service for the customer so we didn't have to keep going on and on there. Um, then we also had to build a uh, page for the internal team to reference uh, for when they needed to test coupons. So um, we, we, they, they had a lot, of cop, a, a lot of use cases for the in-store coupon piece of the solution. And then the other part of the solution was the, the web solution portion of it. So um, I'll, I'll start with the, in the, the in-store coupon part of the solution. Um, and, and why we came up with, we came up with. Um, so essentially the way we went about this was um, they needed the ability to essentially enter a campaign into Marketing Cloud. And just by entering that campaign into Marketing Cloud, they, they wanted to be able to produce a coupon, right? Because in, their, in the, the tool they were using, somebody from the marketing team would go in, type in a few things, hit enter, and then a coupon would be available for them. Um, so we needed to replicate that that kind of now, UI is, feel. Is that well. a separate, so is that a separate system uh, that's like generating that, you know, like a, a unique barcode or something like that? Or what, what's happening there when yep. the generation process happens? Yep, this is a system that generates a unique barcode for them to use. It, it essentially generates a, in their uh, old scenario to generate almost like a, a PDF or an image that had the coupon and then they would go place that coupon in an email. So there'd be an extra step for them um, that we were able to get rid of with Marketing Cloud. But yeah, it, it printed that all out okay, for them. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, so in Marketing Cloud, we had a very, we had a very, we tried to set up a very similar setup. Uh, what we allowed them to do is to import the data that they wanted for campaigns. Um, and instead of them having to take that extra step and then take that data and go plug it in an email or something of that nature, um, you know, through the use of landing pages slash cloud pages within Marketing Cloud, we were able to code a page to essentially look at that one source where they're dropping all their uh, coupon data at, look at that one source and pull in the right email based on whatever source we were giving it. So really the only step that they had to take within the UI is when they were cre creating their email, they would have to name the email the same name as whatever they named the coupon when they inserted it into that data extension or into a table. So once they named the email, the same thing that they named the coupon, um, when they built the email, they would throw a special link in there that we built for them, a dynamic link. And they would put that dynamic link behind whatever button needed to be pressed for the coupon to, to be produced. And then once they, I guess I said one step, that's two steps, right? So I lied a little bit, my bad. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but once they uh, hit that button, essentially what happens is that cloud paid page goes and pulls in the name from the email. And then it goes, uses that name from the email to look up on the table, how many emails or sorry, how many coupons are related to name, and then it will pull in those coupons to the page. So if they had three coupons that had the same uh, email name associated with it, the page will display three coupons. 
they had one, it'll display one. So it took a couple of steps out of their process for them. Um, and we were able to essentially replicate the, the functionality of their other tool with the, with the combination of custom code, cloud pages, and uh, what are called data extensions or data tables within Marketing Cloud. Very cool. So this sounds like something that probably saved uh, a lot of time, um, or at least like a time efficiency exercise for them. I, I, do you have any insight, like what it looked like prior to being able to do this? Was it just a completely manual process of pulling in those barcodes and then maybe populating data extensions with those barcodes to pull into emails? Or what did that look like? Yeah. So before, to your point, they would need to pull in the... Um, they would pull in the barcode, like the whole coupon. So the coupon also had some text and stuff around it because it had savings, uh, you know, like savings 50%, then some text and the barcode and all that good stuff in it. They would have to produce that. Then they would have to take that after they produced it. And then they would have to build their email and insert that into the email um, before being able to test and send the email. Um, and now as part of their building of the email, they just need to throw on the link, make sure they're naming it appropriately, and they don't have to put any extra elements or, you know, any extra, um, you know, images into the email for, for their coupon to be available. Um, and then it's no longer do they have to do it, like they don't have to do it for multiple emails, um, you know, since that naming convention, uh, or sorry, since that since they have that naming convention ability for the name of the email as long as the email name is represented inside of the data extension like they can use this for as many coupons as they want um, it's really an evergreen scalable solution so it's a little less manual back and forth you know copy paste click work for them um, when it was all said and done and then in addition to that some of those other processes that this the coupon leverages as well so we created like versions of the cloud pages for their other use cases. So there's a version of the cloud page for the POS, people at POS systems. There's a version of the cloud page internally for them to uh, be able to pull up and test coupons internally if they needed to, to make sure um, you know, that they're scanning appropriately and giving the appropriate discounts. Um, instead of them having to then also create different flows for each of those uh, users, once they've, once they've dropped that one set of data in that data extension, these several pages are looking at that data extension and pulling that data back from them. So they only have to enter the data once. They don't have to go send a bunch of stuff to everybody. Now they just give each of those teams that need access to the coupons. They give them each a link. They have their own special link. Each team, when they go to it, they'll see the list of coupons available if they're not expired. And they have access to you know, pull them up and print them, scan and test against them, um, whatever they need to do with them. Very cool. Sounds like you saved a lot of time. You must have made some friends over there. <laughs> Gosh, I love marketing cloud. I, I think what I love most about solutions like that, to your point, Brett, was being able to then leverage the initial use case of just being able to populate the right coupon or give the right subscriber or customer the right coupon, but then make it work for the internal teams as well for the other use cases they had across POS and other elements there. That's really neat. Uh, the next one that we talked through is around dynamic link shortening. So why don't you give us a little insight into kind of the, the use case there and what we did to solve it. Um, so the dynamic link shortening actually was bred a little bit from the, the coupon solution itself. So the particular use case is inside um, of SMS messages, text messages out of marketing cloud. Um, the, the client needed the ability to shorten a URL 
which in inside of which you can actually do within the UI. Easy peasy. There's a there's literally a button if you're going and setting up a uh, outgoing text message inside of the uh, UI of Marketing Cloud's Mobile Connect tool. There's a button for you to click, and you can shorten the link. It's all good. Problem is, if you have a dynamic leak and you press that same shorten button, all your all the dynamicy dynamicy we'll take that word right from your link. That sounds about go, right. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good, right? <laughs> all that gets essentially knocked off. It'll only take the base URL and it'll ignore all anything that you were trying to do that it that didn't make sense to it. So, um, what we had to do there is um, we had to we had to kind of pull go into our, our back pockets a little bit on this one because um, there there is no like um, there's no like standardized method to do this from a dynamic perspective. Um, so there's really a twofold solution where, um, you know, we knew internally that we could we could post out to places, right? So, um, and post out means within Marketing Cloud, within a message, um, leveraging AMP script. You know, you can you can essentially send an API or, or send a post or send a call somewhere. Um, so within with with AMP script, we were able to send an HTTP post. <laughs> I said P a lot of times there. We're able to send an HTTP post. Um, in that post, we're able to send it to some sort of endpoint. So kind of the first part of the solution was, hey, we know we can send data to an endpoint. Um, we have that ability in Marketing Cloud through AmpScript, but where do we send it to? So then we had to do a little bit of research and understand um, who, who they were leveraging or who they were gonna leverage um, for URL shortening, right? Because in, in order to do this, they have to, I'll take one caveat back. In order to do this, you technically need to have some sort of link shortening partner where it's like, whether it's like, um, you know, Bitly or Branch IO or something like that, you need to have like a partner because you can, you can hit endpoints to, you know, those link shortening of sites by free trials. Like they have testing and trial endpoints and things of that nature. But if you don't, if you're not like uh, actually under contract or have a contract with them or have a uh, account with them, um, there's a limit to how many of those you can do, right? And this client is, has millions of millions of users, right? So the limits that are associated with the free versions weren't going to be um, acceptable for the volumes they needed to work with. Uh, but anyway, once we were able to um, understand and leverage which partner they were using for link shortening. Um, then we started to dig into that that API for, for that link shortener, right? And we're trying to, we had to find out, all right, so through their API, is it possible to shorten a link? And then how can we shorten that link? Um, so we were able to investigate and figure out through their API, they do accept um, particular payloads and those payloads can have custom or dynamic attributes and it'll shorten that entire thing, right? So. With the combination of AMP script and then the combination of the the uh, link shorteners API in the SMS message, we're actually pulling in all the data we need for our link right from Marketing Cloud. Uh, so we you know we grab somebody's you know identifier, we go look up whatever data data we need for their link to be dynamic. Let's say we needed their subscriber key so we can dynamically send them to the page that they're supposed to go to, right? Um, we pull that data down and then we actually build the link. After we build the link, 
we actually build an API call and a payload within that same text message. And then we, we also um, authenticate, right? So, cause you have to authenticate to the endpoint so you can actually get through it, right? Username, password. Um, we authenticate. And then after we do all that, you know, we send it to the endpoint and the endpoint sends back the response. So within that email, we're, we're, building, we're building the link, we're building an API payload, we're sending it to an endpoint. And then the response of that endpoint is actually the shortened link. So we have all that happening within that message, you know, behind the scenes. Um, and then at the, the end result, once the message is actually sent out, is that you know the user gets printed out on their screen uh, a, a shortened URL, right? That's that's formidable for a text message, so it's not taking up too many characters. But when they click it, it actually resolves through the the URL shortener or the link shorten site. It resolves through there with all the dynamic elements on it, um, so they can get to their custom page. So Who said that 160 was, characters isn't enough to do something cool? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and to your point, that's like the benefit. So AMP script within uh, is coding language, um, proprietary coding language for marketing cloud. Um, when you're leveraging AMP script inside a text message, it actually doesn't take up any characters. So there's a ton of code in there that isn't being resolved or printed in the message. So it's not taking up characters. But to your point, there's a there's a lot going on in that message behind the scenes. So that payload that you're building within that AMP script, did you guys just build all of that AMP script within the message and mobile connect, or did you use a cloud page or something like that to actually process all of those different elements? Uh, we're, we're currently building the payload in the SMS message itself. And then oh, we're sending really cool. it. Yeah. And then we're just sending it to the shortener and then the shorteners uh, actually doing all the work to make the code dynamic. And then they're sending it right back all at the same time. Um, and I, I could see so many different use cases for that too, because I, I'm sure you guys get them as well of different SMS campaigns to sign up for, or you know when you go to a site and there's a pop-up modal for you know 10% off if you sign up for campaigns. I actually just did it this morning um, on a uh, a running shoe brand site, and I got the text message back, but of course it's not personalized whatsoever. So the additional elements or solutions that you could come up with to really personalize the experience based on linking or shortening that link, but still keeping all the parameters and all of the personalized elements within it is really neat. Indeed. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like the, the answer is always yes. Like, right. So like with, especially with Brett, like the, the is it possible in marketing cloud concept? The answer is always yes. It's just like, how do you get there? And so right. like eight different ways, but I think it's a really inventive solution to get there and, and thinking like in SMS too, like that's not the only obstacle we run up against. It's just like character limits and, you know, the inability to out of the box uh, shorten links that, you know, have dynamic elements to them. Um, you know, we also have issues pulling contact key. And so I know that you've done some workarounds to that as well. Yeah, indeed. That's a beautiful tie-in, man. So um kind of like hey, along what, the, what we do <laughs> <laughs> um along the same same vein uh right uh, sms so uh, the reason so to your point uh if in when you send an opt-in message to somebody right it's like hey we we want you to opt in um 
to our messages ABC. You know, you can either do a single opt-in or a double opt-in, you know, whatever it is. But when you send an initial opt-in message to a user, um, there, I guess I say believe it or not, but, you know, some people may believe it uh, if you're not in the tool every day, but there's no easy way to pull somebody's contact key in that initial message. It's not available through any backend table. Well, I shouldn't say through any backend tables. It's not available through any traditional, like accessible, like uh, you know, normally accessible tables or, or anything like that. It's not available in the UI. And a contact key for anybody that's wondering, it's just a unique identifier for, you know, Bobby or Cole or Brett inside of the, the marketing cloud platform. So I can know exactly who you are and I can know exactly who you are across, you know, omni-channel, right? So whether that's SMS or, um, you know, that's audience studio or if it's, you know, uh, email, right? I can, I can know you're the same person through all those channels because you have something called a contact key. Um, you know, anybody listen to this, if you're, you're in, in the marketing cloud system using it, it's contact key. It's referred to as contact ID sometimes. It's also referred to as subscriber key. So just so you kind of have that birth of knowledge with the, what the contact key is. So uh, back to the uh, solution here is uh, with that contact key, we can't pull it into that opt-in message. Um, and that was a problem because for our particular, so for this, per, for this particular solution, um, the way that a user would um, subscribe to text messages for the client was they would take some interaction on a web, on their website. So the, so like traditionally, sometimes what you'll see is, you know, we'll have a campaign, an opt-in campaign where we, you know, maybe throw it into an email or you know, maybe there's a, a, a billboard outside of my shop or maybe there's a commercial on TV that says text join to one, two, three to join Brett's text messages, right? Um, and people will actually text to join. Well, in this case, for this particular client, that, that wasn't their method of having people uh, opt in or join their text message flow. They actually, the only way to do it currently is for them to interact with the client's website. When they interact with the client's website, the, um, and they hit go, there's an automatically generated API call. It's called a QMO. That QMO call essentially um, initiates a double opt-in message to the user, right? So we're not getting their phone number directly. It's coming through this QMO. Um, it's coming through this, sorry, API that's coming from the client's website. And it's triggering inside Marketing Cloud to say, hey, I'm giving you this number. I'm giving you this subscriber detail. Go send that person an opt-in message. Uh, so the challenge with that is within our, within Marketing Cloud for this particular client, they, the um, contact key is equal to something called EID in their system, an enterprise ID in their system. The only problem is for every person that touches their website and they activate that key for, I'm sorry, activate that uh, opt-in message for, they don't have an EID for every one of those people. So sometimes they have to send us something other than the EID, right? Um, so what we had to, so what we wanted to do or what our solution was, was like, okay, if we can capture who you're sending us right when you shoot that initial text, we can write those people to a table, right? Leveraging AMP scripts, we can 
when you send that message, we'll write that person, we'll write whatever key you sent us and we'll write their phone number to a table. Um, we'll write what you know short code they came from. We'll just write a line of uh, information for that record. And then that record can be used down to line to go and reconcile against our database because initially, like I said, for some of the users, they wouldn't have that EID or the enterprise ID. So instead they would send us an, a different ID. It's something called a person ID that's automatically generated on all their accounts, right? Um, what we wanted to do was like, if I could find, if I found anybody with a person ID, I would wanna go reconcile them against our user database. Cause eventually at some point that person would get an EID. So I'd wanna reconcile them against the user database, go get their EID and update their mobile contact list with the EID rather than that person ID they gave us. Um, and the reason for that, why you wanna reconcile that ID and make sure we're always using that EID is because once again, if we go back to the concept of that contact key, <laughs> and I'm using a lot of IDs and keys, so hopefully um, the trail is being followed here. Um, but that contact key in our case is equal to EID. That's in, inside us that unique enterprise identifier for them. Um, so and, your person ID is the temporary holding for uh, until they have an EID. You got it. That's correct. Yes, sir. And um, so that EID is what we're really using to tie to do our omni-channel marketing, right? And tie a user to any channel they might go through. And to your point, since that person ID is temporary, we won't be able to connect that person through the channels if we were to just continually use that temporary ID, right? So that's why we have to go do that reconciling. Um, and then the problem was presented with the contact key, I'm actually finally getting to the solution now. Um, so the problem was presented because we couldn't pull that contact key in from that initial opt-in message, right? We have no way to know. All we can all we can get is the number, but we can't get the contact ID associated with the number, right? And some people who probably have used the system and things of that nature before may say, hey, why don't you just create a filtered list? Because in a filtered list, you can get somebody's uh, contact contact key, right? Um, which is fair, you can, but the only problem is I have no way to get the exact contact key phone number combination, if that makes sense. Um, so if I was to make a filtered list to solve this problem and a filtered list, if you go query a filtered list, leveraging SQL within Marketing Cloud, um, all you pull back is a, a contact key. You don't get any other information. So if I was to take that contact key and go reference a communication table or something to try to pull back whatever phone number I may have associated with that contact key, I might get the wrong phone number, right? I need the phone number that they sent me through that opt-in message. Um, so that's why it's so important to capture it at the time that the opt-in happens. So to solve for our problem, since the filtered list wouldn't help us, and then through the actual opt-in message, the only thing I, I could get is the phone number and not the contact key as well. <laughs> we had to uh, then kind of take a step back and figure out, all right, what do we know and what ways are we able to capture a contact, to capture a contact key? Just in general, right? Just kind of throwing darts at a board. To, what ways are you available to do that, able to do that? Um, and one of those is through the marketing cloud API. So then we had to understand, all right, with the Marketing Cloud API, with a mobile contact in, in particular, if I send a mobile contact number to this mobile API, am I able to pull back records of the, with that contact key on them? Um, so 
we we tested that and we were able to. So what we end up doing is essentially what happens is when that initial uh, message comes through, that initial opt-in comes through, we do capture the phone number and then all the other associated details. So like phone number, um, uh, short, short, I almost call it short key, phone number, short code, their locale, um, and uh, even the keyword that they're, that they're messaging to. Um, so we capture all that and then we take that phone number and we have, a, we have an automation where that phone number is then run against the script. That script goes and calls Marketing Cloud's API, plugs in that phone number and tells us to give us all the mobile or give us all the contact keys associated with that phone number because mobile multiple numbers can't have the same phone number or mobile multiple contact keys can't have the same phone number. Okay, I was then, just gonna add that. I was just gonna <laughs> add that. If there's, if, there, if there's a possibility that multiple numbers are gonna be across multiple contacts. Yep. Um, so that's possible. Um, and then we have a then we have a step in there that particularly pulls back the the person ID. So we might get multiple, you know, records back for a phone number or multiple contact keys from a phone number. Uh, but one of the things we we actually had them do is uh, Cole, you mentioned it earlier, like, hey, that's a temp ID, right? We actually have them just in just sort of make it easier for us to find these down the line. They actually append temp underscore to the to the person id so whenever they're sending an id through that's not an eid they append temp underscore to the front of it so there is no question that that's a temp id and there's no question on how we find those oh, so right. when we're yeah so when we're doing that callback we then can filter down and say all right only write back any ids that come back as temp to my end table right so at the end of the day with that cloud page is doing it's going and making a call to marketing cloud's eternal api with a phone number it's getting back all of our ids filtering it down to our temp ids and then we're going to then uh we then drop those temp ids into a table um and they have the temp in that table that we end up dropping them to since we pulled all the other data with the phone number like the short code and locale and all that good stuff that uh, table that results from that uh, landing page or cloud page, it then has the contact key that we just pulled from the API, the phone number, and then all that additional metadata we need later for when we're doing our reconciliation to uh, get the right record for that person down the road. The answer is always yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a way to do well, it. That's going to find it. <laughs> and I think that I, obviously everything that you went through, Bryce, is really interesting and really helpful to the client. But I think the one thing hidden in there, too, that maybe different leaders across customers of Marketing Cloud will appreciate is making sure that we're keeping the number of co contacts aligned in an allotment, right? So that way, right. if I'm subscribing to te a text message, obviously, on a marketing perspective, I love the fact that I have a single view of who I am, but also... I'm not paying for that contact multiple times because they're a different contact or a different key for email versus SMS and et cetera. Yeah, and, and this will sound kind of geeky, but there's something kind of exhilarating to coming up with that solution of like, it sounds like you went through a number of steps of the process of like, hey, this technically could bring up multiple IDs, bring up one phone number. And a lot of the times when we do the, like the really high level upfront solutioning, we're like, okay, well, now we have a phone number that'll correspond to a single contact. We make assumptions, 
that don't necessarily always ring true. And it sounds like you guys went through a lot of steps to make sure that not, that all of those assumptions were being tested and worked around when there were, you know, things like, you know, a single number that could correspond to multiple contact records. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Ultimately, you know, um, when we're solutioning here, we're, we're trying our very best to kind of capture all those caveats. I mean, you know, sometimes it's impossible to capture them all, right? But you, you try your very best to capture all the caveats. So you're, you're kind of building that, um, you know, steadfast solution at the end of the day. And there's not a lot of band-aids or processes that have to be added to it afterwards. Very cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing that with Brett. We appreciate that. Yeah. Guys, I just realized we haven't been recording this whole time. <laughs> Got to do it all again, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was good I know it's not play with <laughs> Well, thanks again, Brett, for joining and sharing the different solutions with us. We really appreciate it. Jumping into completely unrelated, uh, Brett, I'll let you go first. But what you're most excited to do post COVID? Uh, Post-COVID, um, I, don't, I don't know if this will be a, a popular opinion. I don't know how people feel about cruises um, nowadays, but um, Disney Cruises uh, has been emailing us quite a bit, and I, I, th I think they might have uh, rung us in. So I'm excited about uh, cruising here maybe in 2020. Do you like eating once uh, all of this... mayonnaise and onion sandwiches? What's uh, cruises? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, Brett's hopefully, that is proof to to email marketers that if you just keep blasting out the message, like you'll eventually <laughs> that, pay. That's that's the right. Cave. <laughs> Hasn't it been like every year for the last like twenty five years? Like people will say like email marketing is dead, and yet here's Brett just grinding right through that stereotype. <laughs> Cole, how about you? Uh, you know, there's a lot of things. I think too, I'm partly swayed by the fact that it's getting like warm. It's like, you know, springtime, summer's coming around. Like I'm getting a little swayed by the, I can't wait for like summer concerts or like being at a ball game, you know? And I mean, nobody likes being shoulder to shoulder at a ball game, but I, I think after like a year of, of not being shoulder to shoulder with anyone like this, it's, it's going to be a welcomed, uh, you know, reversal for us. So I'm, I'm looking forward to just kind of getting out and enjoying weather and and be, being able to cough in public and not have people stare at you you know when you clear your throat <laughs> <laughs> Cole, Cole's gonna sit down in the bleachers and really feel just put his arms around both people on either side of him he doesn't know him but he's gonna put his arms around him <laughs> and then security's gonna put their arms around me so it'll work out yeah there you go <laughs> do you know these people oh no I'm just excited to see him what about I you, think Bobby? I'm most excited I I uh, I think concerts is probably the biggest is one of the biggest ones. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a big concert goer, but uh, admittedly, and I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, I really want to go see the Jonas brothers in concert. Uh, so I, I would really like well, to do that. Why are we friends? I sometimes I ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also travel, just being able to go really anywhere without any restrictions. And um, like I, we, we go on a lot of like Airbnb trips and that sort of thing. And which obviously Airbnb has been able to uh, keep going, but uh, just being able to cross state lines or, or go to different places that you haven't been able to go to that you kind of took for granted before COVID. So I think just kind of getting back to being able to travel a little bit more. Yeah. Very cool. Hopefully it's all sooner than later. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, Brett, thank you again. We really can't thank you enough, not only for walking us through the solutions, but um, being a big, big piece of love. We're glad you we're here. We're glad you enjoy it here, for sure. Um, but uh, thank you again. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Hey, yeah, no problem. Appreciate you, folks. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.